1: No one.
0: Hello, everyone. Um, just wanted to say I am okay. Uh, well, sort of okay. Thank you very much for all the messages. Uh, I mean, I wasn't for the halo some years ago, but I think it's the greatest thing that we've brought to Formula One. And without it, I wouldn't be able to speak to you today. So thanks, thanks to all the medical staff at the circuit, at the hospital, and. Uh, Hopefully
1: I can write you quite soon some messages and tell you where it's going. On the Park It In My Fair May show tonight, we talk about the crash that was heard around the world and the impact it will have on the sport. Hamilton unable to outdrive the Rona. COVID-19 has caught up to him. Whether or not a salary cap should be brought into F1 for the drivers. Albon's drive of redemption and the winners and losers from the race on the weekend. As well as the bigger stories heading into Bahrain's second race. It's going to be a huge show. So pour yourself a cold beer into your favourite shoes, Danny Rick style. And relax. It's time to hand over the mic. To the big daddy of them all. The master pimp. When pimping ain't easy. This man disagrees. He pimps night and day. Mr. David Croft. Take it away Crofty. It's lights out and away we go.
0: Once a week. One man. Emerges from the pit lane. To deliver all the news. Discussion. And results. Of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived.
1: Sit back, relax for the Park It in My Fermé show. Here is your host,
0: Caldy.
1: That is right, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, Caldy, and welcome to the Park It in My Fermé show. We have a huge, huge show for you today. But first, I just want to let you know and remind you that if you have missed any of the podcasts or the shows in the past, you can always download them on Spotify or iTunes or Google Podcasts as well. They're all going to be available there for you. Also, make sure you subscribe to them. Jump on the Facebook page, give it a like so you can stay up to date when the new episodes go live as well. But without further ado, let's jump into it. Now, the very first thing I want to talk about is, is my love for the TV series, The Office, both the UK and the US, both for different reasons. See, David Brent is the cringe master 5000 that you just don't feel bad for, but you can't look away. Whereas Michael Scott always does the wrong thing, but it's from a place of love and you feel bad for the character. But to pick my favorite, well, that is really, really hard.
0: That's what she said. Michael. Michael, Michael,
1: please. (laughs) You remember the office episode where Michael hits Meredith with his car? They take her to hospital. And when they run some tests, they find out that she had rabies. Or something like that. So something scary happens. Michael hitting Meredith with his car. Then something horrible happened. They need to race Meredith To the hospital. But as a result, we got some good out of it. They were able to diagnose her with another disease she was unaware that she had. But the whole time, it's all happening. It's a complete mess from start to finish. Michael closes the office. They have a fun run and no work gets done. It's sort of similar to what happened on the weekend. Something scary happened. Grosjean crashed into the wall. Something horrible happened. He was engulfed in flames for 27 seconds. But some good came out of it. He was safe and in hospital with minor burns on his body and praising the halo that he fought so hard to try and keep out of the sport only a couple of years ago. And the marshals and medical team, driver Alan Vandermeer and Dr. Ian Roberts were given recognition for an outstanding response to what was happening. But that's not the order of things I want to look at. I want to look at the bumbling, idiotic, stupid behaviour that happens in between. See, we know that Grosjean was at fault for the crash. I don't think anyone's really disputing that. Danny Ki- Daniel Kvyat, gosh, I could never say that properly, was involved. But when Roman cut across the track suddenly, it didn't leave much room for error. I don't want people to think that it, he wasn't to blame for the crash, but that's not part of it crashes happen all the time. Kvyat crashed into Lance Stroll only a few laps later. It's part of racing. It's a racing incident and it happened. So this week we're going to be doing my top 5 early Caldies, top 5. We're going to be doing the top 5 idiotic moments from the FIA on the weekend. Idiotic moment number 5. 5. I want to do these in order. So I'm going to talk about the race barrier. If you look at every F1 circuit around the world, there are no barriers designed like that anymore. No barriers that have slits or holes in them for an F1 car to pierce. They are made to either absorb the contact like a tire wall or angled solid blocks to redirect the car as one solid piece until it comes to a complete stop. If the halo wasn't on the car, the barrier would have taken Grosjean's head clean off. His car wouldn't have snapped in half, fuel wouldn't have leaked and caused the fire, and Grosjean wouldn't have burns to his hands as a result. The FIA need to walk the track each race, which I know for a fact that they already do, and look at the section of the wall and think, would I like my F1 car to slam into that? Or something that can absorb someone of that impact? Let's hear Sebastian Vettel's thoughts on that. Sebastian, hi. Um, I want to talk to you about the race, but I want to cover off first of all, just how incredible and how far we've come in safety for Roma to be able to get out of that today. And I know when the halo came in, there are a lot of opponents to it, but actually- Well, I
0: don't think, I don't know. I haven't looked at the images a lot because I didn't really want to, but uh, the main thing is he got out. I don't know how, to be honest, um, but obviously the guardrail is not supposed to fail it like that. So, I mean, it's good that the cars are, safer as they used to be in the past, but the guardrail shouldn't fail um, and the car shouldn't catch fire in that fashion. There's a lot of precautions that it doesn't catch fire, so I don't know what, uh, what happened there. I think it's uh, difficult to say at this stage, but uh, the main thing is obviously that he got out.
1: Idiotic moment number four, four. teams informing their drivers of the crash. Now, in a moment where you know the drivers need to hear something, you would think that the team director and race engineer, you would tell them something so that they can focus on getting their car back to the pit lane safe and sound, knowing that they still need to complete 95% of the race. You can't leave them hanging. You can't give them no information. Tell them something. Here's Charles Leclerc's radio. Fuck, fuck,
0: fuck, fuck, fuck. fuck. This, this was a big one. This was a big one. Is he okay?
1: I will come back to you
0: Fuck! I've seen it in the mirrors Who is it?
1: It's Grosjean. Uh Still no information, I will let you know
0: No, please, oh fuck me
1: Idiotic moment three. number three, FIA and TV coverage. Now, I understand that you want to give the people as many angles of races as possible. On board, helicopter, crane shots, curb shots, pitman shots, everything else under the sun. I'm shocked. We don't actually have a groin cam just to see how much the drivers sweat during the race. But the problem is, in a sport as dangerous as Formula One, There are high-speed crashes and in the past although it is the safest it has ever been there have been horrific horrible deaths the problem with a red flag race is that the drivers stop while the debris and the track is getting cleared they get out of the cockpit in the pit lane and are able to watch the same coverage that the fans watch and in this case we're subject to watching the same fireball crash over and over knowing full well they need to get back into their cars and race at high speeds again later on. Let's hear Danny Rick's thoughts on it.
0: Hey Daniel, Um, first things first, it's great that Roman obviously walked away. What are your kind of thoughts on on, on that incident? Uh, That's all I want to talk about, to be honest. I'm uh, firstly happy that that he's okay from it, from what I saw, Um, but I'm disgusted and disappointed with Formula One for showing or choosing the way to to show it as they did and, and broadcast replays after replays after replays of the fire, his car split in half and then like, that's not enough. They go to his onboard. Why do we need to see this? We're, we're competing again in an hour. His family has to keep watching that. All our families have to keep watching that. And you with everyone's emotions and it's, it's really unfair. Um, it's not entertainment. I, I was I had a lot of rage. I still do, um, and I. It was just very, very poorly handled, and felt like a game, and it's it's not. We're lucky he's here, but it could have been a different story, and yeah, to show it like it's something from Hollywood, it's it's not cool. Choose to do that tomorrow, but not today. Idiotic
1: moment number two. Two has question mark. Well look, I'm not sure if I'm putting the blame on them, but what were we told when they stopped refueling in F1? That we will never ever see a car catch fire again. That there are so many separated compartments that a fire like that would not be seen again in the sport. So why was there so much fire? Why were the flames everywhere? Is it because of the way the car was built? Is it because of the barrier stripping it back piece by piece I actually don't know the answer to that. I'm just, it was a top five. I need to put the blame on someone. So, uh, Hass, you're getting one. Sorry, buddy. Idiotic moment. Number one. Roman Grosjean. None of this happens if you could drive. Jesus Christ, I'm glad you're okay. But don't get me wrong. But the footage clearly shows. You're just going from one side of the track to the other. Without looking anywhere. You were like a dog when I just dropped some food on the floor. And you did it on the opening lap when the field is the most congested. I don't think you were thinking clearly at all. It's a part of racing, I know. But the move was just idiotic. I'm glad you're okay. But I guess that's why you came last. That's what she said. Or he said. Now it's time to move on to something a little different. See, I enjoy baseball. I don't find it boring, I know a lot of people do, but the sport is not without its problems. Games go for far too long, it's got so many unwritten rules and traditions that are ridiculous, and the history of the sport is quite dark, with gambling, match-fixing, segregation, racism and steroids. But I still get drawn to it. It's also a sport where there isn't a salary cap. Players are on 10-year contracts. One player for the Mets, Bobby Bonilla. My favourite contract ever in sport. He's getting paid $1 million a year until the year 2023. Not a big deal in baseball. The only problem is he retired back in 2003. There have been 44 teams that have competed in their major leagues. 30 current teams and 14 teams that have now been defunct over the 117-year history. 61% of those World Series have been won by six teams. You know, five of those six teams have the m- most money in the sport, with the Yankees being the richest. Now, the Yankees have won 27 World Series. That's 27 World Series out of 117 seasons. 23% of the World Series the Yankees have won. Nearly a quarter of the seasons that are played, the Yankees win. Now, I mention this because the talks of a driver's salary cap have been brought up again. Franz Tost, or as Hamilton says, Houdat, suggests that driver's salaries be capped at $10 million. The thought process is that it will give a chance for slower teams to be able to attract better drivers and allocate funds to car development. And I get that. But Franz, my boy, he just happens to be the team principal of AlphaTauri. A Red Bull sister team that has had financial troubles in the past. A team who pay both their drivers just $2.4 million each, ranking Kvyat and Gasly 16th and 17th out of the 20 drivers in terms of salary. Which is pretty pathetic when both your drivers have podium this year and are sitting 14th and 10th respectively in the Drivers' Championships. Tower Tauri have the bargain of a lifetime, with these two outperforming their salary and being considerably underpaid. But we saw on the weekend just how dangerous this job is. The risks that these drivers take and the schedule that takes them away from friends and family for most of the year. The F1 drivers are the best at what they do, in one of the richest sports in the world, and to put it into some perspective, Ronaldo, Messi, Neymar all earn over 60 million dollars US a year on salaries. LeBron, Durant, and Steph Curry all earn roughly 30 million a year, and Lewis Hamilton earns roughly 56 million dollars a year on salaries alone, not endorsements. On salary, that's 13 times more than both Alpha Towery drivers combined. Now it's obvious why Tost wants to cap. The salary at 10 million dollars he has done the quick sums and although it means he, he might need to pay more for his drivers it also means he now has a shot at a Hamilton a Ricardo, or a Leclerc for his team moving forward but I guarantee you when Tost calls Hamilton with an offer this is what he's going to hear
0: show me the money
1: all right it's that time of the show where we look at all the winners and losers from the weekend we sing the praises to the people that deserve it and rain shame upon those that messed up let's go winners red bull after a horrible season in general for albon he finishes in p3 behind verstappen and secures two red bulls on the podium for the first time in some years and the first red bull podium in Bahrain since 2013. Not bad for a driver that crashed his car in ridiculous fashion in practice, free practice two. This is what Alvin had to say.
0: Okay, nice job, P3. Yeah, thank you, guys. I think that was maybe our best start of the year so far, so hopefully we can do more to them. Yeah, nice one. Well done, Alex, that was a mega job. Great, uh, good drive, so good to have you both up there on the podium. First time we had a podium uh, here since 2013, I think. Yeah, Thanks, Christian. In, uh, enjoy the rose water up there. It's a bit sticky. <laughs> I'll save you
1: some. Losers Racing Point. After such an amazing Turkish GP, Racing Point walk away with nothing. With both drivers out of the race, one upside down. And the other's car explodes. Perez with his first DNF of the season and the first race this season where he didn't score any points. It won't hurt the narrative around this incredible season that he is having. And it's still an absolute travesty that he doesn't have a seat in 2021. Winners. Halos. Grosjean, you lucky, lucky son of a bitch. Without the halo, my friend, you would most likely be dead. Losers. Bahrain circuit safety railing. It's outdated and dangerous. This falls on the FIA, and they should have demanded that this be sorted when they do their track inspection before every single race. Winners. Lewis Hamilton. Well done, Lewis, on another amazing drive. It's really effortless out there. You don't look like you are trying at all. And I think that's why people are sick and tired of seeing you win all the time. You are too dominant. And I think next weekend will be very, very interesting indeed without seeing Hamilton on the podium once more. Yes, we get it. You're the best driver in the field by far. It's not even close. Rest up, my boy. Have a speedy recovery. Losers. I'm a loser, Lewis Hamilton. That damn Rona. Damn Rona got him. Winner. The win, fans win, that win. think F1 is stale and boring. No Hamilton next weekend, so that... something. P.S. The man is a freaking freak. The sport is worse to not have him in a race. However, next weekend is a little, little treat on the NASCAR circuit. Gonna be very interesting indeed. Losers, track marshals. Despite their heroics on the weekend, there was still an incident where a marshal ran across the track in front of Norris on lap 54. It brings up horrible memories of Kialami in South Africa in 1977, where the marshal was hit by a car and basically sliced in half. Not only was the marshal killed instantly, but he was holding a fire extinguisher that hit the head of the driver, Tom Price. Killed him instantly as well. Anytime a marshal enters a track, it doesn't only endanger their lives, but also the lives of the drivers as well. Let's listen to Norris on what happened.
0: There's a guy running across the track. He's the bravest guy I've ever seen.
1: Winners. Well, track marshals. In particular, the champion on the opening lap that waited for the cars to pass, of course, grabbed his fire extinguisher and piss-bolted over to the Frenchman who was burning alive. His quick-thinking and fearless attitude was amazing to see, and I hope he gets some praise that he deserves losers Hass, Racing Point and Alfred Towery. That's right, Racing Point are here twice. These teams both had both drivers. All finished below the two Williams drivers. Promising sign for Williams, I know. But still troubling that these teams seem to be going backwards as the season progresses. hope 2021 brings together a more competitive field. Winners, McLaren. After a meh performance in Turkey, Sainz and Norris came back with a vengeance on Bahrain and finished 4th and 5th. Awesome drive. And puts them in a clear position for third in the Constructors' Championship as they try to hunt down Renault in the last two races of the year. Let's hear it for McLaren right now on their radio. Uh, that's P4, P4, What well done. Scenario one. Scenario nice. One.
0: Fourth and fifth, right? Not a bad day.
1: Yeah, man, fourth and fifth. Great points all for the team.
0: Well, yeah, good job, everyone.
1: Winners, our ears. Have a listen to this beautiful masterpiece. Sebastian Vettel, do your thing. Well, we had uh, a dog on the track just before practice in uh, Turkey and now we've got one in Bahrain. Who let the dogs out? Ooh, 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 ooh. Losers strolls bladder. Make the man urinate.
0: How long's the red flag gonna be? So the, the red flag we don't know yet is till like they recover science? Why's that, Lance? Cause I gotta pee
1: winners dr ian wright an absolute hero and legend ran straight into the flames without hesitation and yanked out grosjean and assisted him to safety more winners driver alan vandermeer should have been voted driver of the day an absolute hero as well losers the rally team morale Leclerc went ahead and just uninvited himself from Seb's Christmas lunch. Vettel and Leclerc getting on each other's nerves all year. This time, however, it's Leclerc diving down on the inside on Vettel, nearly causing another Bahrain safety car. Let's hear what Seb has to say.
0: Up again, I mean, you can't just do that as if I wasn't there. It's the same as Austria, seriously. This time I, you know, I should have crashed, maybe it was the better option understood all morning we talk about giving room and then go into the tiniest gap that doesn't exist and you just pray that the other guy just sees you and moves out of the way
1: winners nascar fans with the bar being used again to host back-to-back gps they needed to mix up the circuit a little bit but it's something we haven't seen in f1 in recent times and that's an oval track essentially Formula One cars are going to be competing and racing on a square. If you haven't seen it already, head across to the park it in my Fermi Facebook page. Stop by. Give it a like. Slide into the DMs. As Danny Kiviat slides into another driver. And let me know your thoughts on the upcoming circuit. Well, that's it, guys. That's all the winners and losers. Let me know what you think. Head across to the Facebook page. Give it a like. Hang around, join the community. Let me know what you think. I can't wait to do Winners and Looters after this historic race coming up. The four straights, the four corners, the tiny little, little nothing chicanes in between. It's gonna be very, very interesting indeed. All right, guys, it is now time for my predictions for the Bahrain GP NASCAR edition. Let's preview the race for next weekend back in Bahrain. But this time it will be without Lewis Hamilton, who tested positive for being the most incredible driver of his generation. Oh, and of course, the damn COVID. The Rona caught up to him. So with Hamilton out, it really is anyone's race for the taking. The pressure is definitely going to be on Valtteri Bottas, who drives a very similar car, who is now driving the fastest car out there. And it would be unbelievable. But with him underperforming in the previous two races, it's going to be very, very, very interesting indeed to see who turns up and challenges for the win. Don't be surprised if Ricardo or Perez are up towards the pointy end of the ladder. And also, who knows, maybe Albon will just pull a rabbit out of a hat or a horseshoe out of his ass and take home the chocolates on his quest for a 2021 seat. I think it's going to happen. I think Williams will finally get a point and George Russell's horrible streak will be over. The man soon holds the record for the worst worst start to an F1 career. The most F1 starts without a point. It's one record no driver ever, ever wants to get. And George Russell is flirting with it. Flirting with it like Kimi at a bar back in the 90s. However, this is a race where the streak dies. He will finish 10th. George Russell is paying $1.20 on the betting sites in Australia, which are better odds than Fiat, Stroll and Vettel to win the Bahrain GP NASCAR edition. Which brings me on to my next prediction. Vettel is an angry, angry man. He and Leclerc are not going to be exchanging Christmas cards this year. Again. Take a listen to Seb on the radio after Leclerc once again nearly hit
0: him. Up again. I mean, you can't just do that as if I wasn't there. It's the same as Austria, seriously. This time I, you know, I should have crashed. Maybe it was the better option.
1: So I predict that Vettel drives well this weekend and see Vettel return to the top 10. Points time for Sebby Boy. Prediction time. Another dog runs onto the track. And Seb starts singing yet again.
0: Who let the dogs out? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Podium prediction for Bahrain race two. Third place is gonna be biased I predict he'll qualify fastest because that's just what he does. Have a poor start because that's just what he does. And Verstappen and Perez passing. Second place though, that'll be Danny Rick. Perez's engine will fail and Danny Rick will pass him with ease and to secure his second place on the podium. That's his third podium this season. That'll be his third Chewy and it will be fantastic to witness once again. And first, I think Verstappen's going to get his second race of the year. So third place Bottas, second place Ricardo, and first place Verstappen. Perez will get a DNF. George Russell will get the points and I will get a hard-on. Let me know your thoughts on the Facebook page. Park it in my Ferme. You can't miss it. Head across now. Give it a like. And slide into the DMs. They're my predictions for the Bahrain GP NASCAR edition. Well, that's it for the show, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Make sure, of course, to subscribe on your iTunes or your Spotify or wherever you listen to this podcast. And, of course, head over to the Parking in My Firm a Facebook page. Give it a like. Slide into the DMs. Say hello Share with your friends and family. Let's make this podcast number one for all your Formula One news, needs, opinions, discussions, all of that jazz. And thank you very, very much for listening. I will catch you next week. Good luck to all the drivers this weekend once again. Hopefully not as scary as it was last weekend, but I'm looking very, very forward to discussing everything that's happened on the NASCAR Bahrain hybrid circuit. We'll talk then. See you later. Have a good one. Thanks for listening.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.